Are you curious about bodies, pleasure, and possibilities? And what about curious about what others are up to on the planet when it comes to pleasure, sex, and play? Have you considered what pleasure can do for your life, your body, and your bank account? Do you know something magical, delightful, and out of this world orgasmic is not only possible for you, but totally available to you? If you're ready to be the magical, sexual, sexy beast you know you can be, and you just need the tools to get there, you're in the right place. Now, here's the host of The Pleasure Zone, sensual movement artist, relationship, and sex alchemist, Milica Yelenich. Welcome, my sweet, sweet pleasure seekers. Uh, I love that you guys are always seeking pleasure. And for all these years, you've been seeking pleasure with me. It's been over eight years. We are almost at the 400th official podcast episode. Haven't had 400 TV episodes, but I'm getting up there in the TV episodes as well, which is really exciting for me. Um, I love saying, hey, I've been on for eight years. And in eight years, I've had a lot of topics and talked a lot about a lot of different things. One of the things that I've touched on, but I haven't really dived into, is the difference between pleasure, desire, and arousal, because they're not actually the same thing. A lot of times we use those words interchangeably, but they truly are not interchangeable. Even when you look up the definitions of the words, they're not the same. So beyond knowing that those words do not mean the same, even if we're like, but they feel the same, they're not, they're not the same. And there's going to be a really big defining um, explanation of why and how that is. Uh, we have we have many people who have written lots of things about pleasure, and there's like five different pleasures that you can have, all these kinds of things. Fantastic. All this information is great. Um, I'm going to be breaking it down to a few different things. There are also many different um, writings on arousal as well, and the different kinds of arousal, and some people say there are four, some say there are six, but I'm going to go with two main ones today. Um, as I'm taking a lot of this information from a sex educator by uh, the name of Emily Nagoski, and she's amazing. She wrote a book called Come As You Are. I'm a huge fan of hers. Uh, the work that she does in the world as an educator is brilliant, but also uh, the book she has is brilliant. And the research that she gathered for her work is brilliant. So uh, I've also looked up some different research through PubMed. I love PubMed for all things uh, medical research. Uh, they, it's a great thing that you can go online and search anything uh, in terms of uh, different different uh, experiments or different uh, research that's been done. You can find a lot of information on PubMed.gov. Uh, it's, as far as I know, accessible everywhere in the world. So, and there are articles from everywhere in the world in there as well and they go back pretty far as far as I can tell yeah I was finding quite a few articles today on sexual concordance and then the opposite would be sexual non-concordance and what do those things mean these are some arousal non-concordance sorry not sexual non-concordance arousal non-concordance um, so these are like some key words that are popping up in the last five or ten years in especially in the last five or 10 years in the um, sex education kind of arena. And these are words that are really important for certain things. The things like pleasure, desire, arousal, and arousal non-concordance are really valuable things to know about when you're looking at, especially when you're looking at trials where people are on trial for 
um, either like for being rapists or um, anything to do with sexual violence, because there have actually been trials in the world that in, in North America where where arousal non-concordance had somebody who was a rapist get off with no charges because why? Because our bodies are not that simple. Just because your body is aroused doesn't mean that it is having pleasure or that it is having desire. As uh, Emily Nagoski calls it, it doesn't have anything to do with liking or wanting. And it really doesn't. So one of the things that in her book, she really asks people to do is spread the word. So I'm happy to spread the word on the show about that. I've talked about this before, kind of uh, on the periphery, uh, talking about things about traumas and things and sexual traumas and how if you have been sexually traumatized in your life and sexual violence, um, sexual abuse, uh, rape, anyone in words that you want to name it, your body, your body may have been stimulated and shown signs of arousal and we'll define those things. However, that does not mean that you agreed to it. So arousal does not equal approval. Arousal does not say that you are saying yes. Okay, so we're going to get into that. And I think this information is so incredibly valuable. It's so incredibly valuable for anybody who's gone through that. Um, and for me and my own experience in my life, I had a really hard time wrapping my head around why was my body responding the way it did in a situation that was something I didn't want to be in. Why did it do that? Not just once, but more than once in my life. And the more I've, I've worked uh, and looked at Emily Nagoski's work, the more I went, holy my Lord, how many times has my body been aroused, but it's not had pleasure and it's not even desired whatever's going on, but it's reacting. It's aroused. And that's, it's kind of sad. Uh, as when I was going through information and preparing for this show, I had some moments where I literally was like tearing up going the healing, you know, that bodies need to go through. I've done a lot of healing about this, particularly for 22 years. I've been working on this and I've been working through it. Actually, this show is an amazing source for me to do a lot of my healing. And at the same time, sometimes there's that bit of information that just blows your brain open. <laughs> And you go, wow, that wasn't just that once, was it? No, that was actually more than once. And wow, that's wild. And not just wild, wild and sad and all kinds of things. So if you are listening today and your body has ended up in situations where it's been aroused and you have clearly stated that you are not interested yet, somebody just kept on going. This show's for you, and this show might help you understand what the heck is going on. Why is it that your body felt like it betrayed you? Why did it betray you? It didn't betray you, actually. It just does what it does. Okay, so we're going to talk first about um, some things. I want to discuss pleasure first. I wanted to bring some of those things up, but to talk about pleasure first is because truly we need pleasure first in order to have desire, in order to have arousal, in order to start to shift some of the arousal non-concordance. And we'll understand all of this by the end of the show. So what is pleasure? So the definition of pleasure that we get from 
you know, our dictionaries out there, there's a noun, there's an adjective, there's a verb. We're going to go with the verb meaning of pleasure. So the verb meaning of pleasure is to give sexual enjoyment or satisfaction to. And I don't think that that is the most conclusive explanation of pleasure. It's to give sexual enjoyment or satisfaction to, to give it. Yeah, I suppose, but I think there's more to it. So sexual enjoyment. Notice the word enjoyment is very important in here. Also in the noun for pleasure, it's a feeling of happiness, satisfaction, and enjoyment. There needs to be joy level in order to have pleasure, right? So if you're not having that enjoyment or joy going on in your body, there may not be pleasure yet, and there may not even be desire yet. So what are some things that bring you pleasure? It can be really random. You know, we have so many senses and our body picks up those senses. And we talk about pleasure here on the pleasure zone all the time. And to this day, eight, you know, eight years later, I do not have a clear, totally clear definition of pleasure. I can tell you that my fluffy hair today and my giant hair that's like um, fascinating me, that's a little pleasurable, <laughs> but there's a lot of things that can that we can derive pleasure from. So I know that for me, in order to have pleasure, there's like certain temperatures I like. And, and we've talked about certain things in the last few episodes. So uh, we've talked about sexual exciters, sexual inhibitors. A lot of these episodes have been absolutely, um, they are, have been inspired by Emily Nagoski. So I just want to put that out there uh, in her work. And so sexual inhibitors, sexual exciters, such important work. And there's a lot of research done on that as well. And you may, you may be having things going on in your life where internally you're just not feeling like turned on. Yes, there may be hormonal things going on as well. But aside from that, there are other factors, right? So when we look at what is pleasure, it's like what excites your body? What excites your being? What not just excites and has your body have arousal, but what gets you feeling turned on? emotionally, spiritually, like what has you feeling like alive and that you are excited that in terms of sexual activity that you actually feel ready. And, and when you feel pleasure, that doesn't mean that your body will show signs of arousal. So this is for people out there whose genitals do not respond to what's going on internally. So if internally you're feeling, oh, I got so, there's so much pleasure, like this feels so good, and then you're like, how how come how come my vulva is like dry? How come my vagina is dry? Why is my vulva not like swelling? What's happening? Nothing's responding. Or if you have a penis, then it's like, why is my penis not erect? If you have a combination of things, then you might be like, why is nothing responding? Yet internally, you're like, I'm so turned on. This person is so exciting. They're so like everything that would have me want to have sex is there. I got the pleasure. And I got the desire, but I don't have the arousal. So if you can have that, guess what? You can have the other. You can have the arousal without the desire and without the pleasure. And recently I heard somebody um, on a long drive. We were talking about relationships and things and one of the things that came up was like the desire to be desired. And I was like, oh, wait a second. That's like a whole, that is like a whole bigger conversation. 
because if you think that your partner's genital response is an indicator of desire, no, it's not. It's just plain and simple. It's not. Your partner's genital uh, arousal, whether it's showing that it's like, oh, look, you have an erection or look, you're wet. Like everybody can get hard and wet. That doesn't mean they're turned on. It just means your body has the ability to be aroused. That's it. And again, we will talk about that definition of arousal. So what brings you pleasure? What gets your body turned on? And it can be food, smells, touch, taste, anything. It's usually something that is activating our senses. And we definitely have more than five, but we usually talk about only five. But we have many, many senses. And we can use those senses in ways to connect with people and ways to, to bring and, and um, enliven our pleasure for sure. So I, I am creating a masterclass specifically on pleasure um, through pleasure through connection and pleasure through utilizing our senses, not just our five, but our multiple, multiple range of senses um, in order to have greater pleasure, in order to have greater connection. And it doesn't mean that you're going to have necessarily genital arousal, but how cool would it be to just have your body feeling really alive? So when I talk on this show about being able to walk around and feel orgasmic energy all day long. That does not mean that I'm going, oh, oh, like all day long. That does not mean that. It means that my body is experiencing pleasure and allowed to be turned on and does not require having any kind of sex necessarily. It's allowed to be turned on. So have you given yourself permission to be turned on? Or have you always defined that in order, if I'm turned on, then just like um, a Pavlovian response, like the bell rings, the, the dog eats the food. The bell was, the dog was trained for that. So are you having a Pavlovian response? Like your genitals are turned on, aroused. They're just aroused. There's blood flow going there. Does that mean that you have to have sex? And I can tell you that there are so many people in the world and we've been taught that arousal equals readiness and it doesn't. We've had probably in the last hundred years when people have actually been talking more about sex and um, doing different research on sex, a lot of that research equaled the body is aroused, it is ready. What about verbal consent? What about having a conversation? What about listening to the person? So there's been a lot of things missing. And we absolutely need to add pleasure into our, our whole arena. And so I really loved it when I was listening to Emily Nagoski's book that she actually did a reiteration on her book and she added that pleasure is required. And I was like, amen, sister, pleasure is so required because we can have arousal and that doesn't mean readiness. And it also is one of those conflicting things that goes on in our brains. We're like, but my, my body, but I feel ready, but my body's not saying, or my body's saying I'm ready, but I'm not ready. How many of us have gone through that? Holy Hannah. All right. We're going to talk more about this arousal, desire, and pleasure. And a little bit of more on arousal non-concordance because it's a really big topic and it's a really huge thing to know about. So you're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time? For a totally different sexual evolution. 
Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Milica Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. You'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life, and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for the Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is the Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email. Info at MelitzaYelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, my sweet, sweet pleasure seekers. So for those of you who are listening today, we are talking about arousal, desire, and pleasure. And a little bit of other stuff that goes on where those things are not the same. We sometimes think they're the same, but darlings, they're not. They're not the same in any bodies. So whether you have a male body, a female body, or an intersex body, and I'm just naming those three because those are um, sexual identifiers. They're not genders. Gender is different than sex identification. All right. So those three, those three are actual sex. And yes, for those of you who don't know what that is, just go back to grade 10 or 11 biology when you learned about chromosomes and XX, XY, XXY, and XYY. That's where we get into your sex. All right. So we'll go further from that, but we'll have a whole other conversation another day because I do talk about intersex on here quite a lot. I like to be inclusive of people because there's not a lot of conversation going on out there um, about that. So, yes, um, wherever I can get information on sharing that for intersex people, I'm happy to do so. There's not a lot of research out there. So let's talk about pleasure so we know what pleasure is do we no we actually really don't honestly because we're just learning we're just now starting to give ourselves permission for pleasure maybe there were times in the past where we had you know societies of people like on the island of lesbos where you would learn pleasure but again do we really know that or was it really about learning arousal we don't really know. Was it desire? Was it arousal? Was it tradition? We're not sure. Um, I don't know if there's a lot of uh, historical writing on what the the background of what was going on on Lesbos was, <laughs> but there, I mean, there there might have been um, some teachings around that. Not sure. Were they named pleasure, 
desire and arousal. So only maybe in the last 100 years, there's been a lot of research that we have documented that can actually show us like that where, where they were measuring things like arousal and how do they measure that? Well, they measure certain things like how much blood flow is going to the genitals, um, increased heart rates, um, sweat, things like that. They measure different things. So they, they do actually have ways of measuring physical arousal. And then, and then we have subjective arousal. All right, so let's get into these arousals because these arousals can be kind of complex. So the arousals are, for example, okay, let's start with this. Um, when we talk about arousal, what we're talking about is this thing that goes on in our brain. Um, and what we're really trying to get is this stimulation of our what's called the nucleus accumbens, which is part of our mesolimbic dopamine system. You don't have to memorize this. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to get a reward going on. And so our body will have an arousal response to different rewards, get, the, get different things going, get the happy hormones happening. So the only, the one thing that we can say is that we, we know that, um, that there is a difference between like a physical arousal and we know there's a difference between that and also um, the whole idea of subjective arousal. So subject subjective arousal is like where you could be um, smelling like home-baked bread and your body just gets turned on. So if you have a, a vulva and a vagina, you might just get really wet and your clitoris might tingle. Or if you have a penis, then your penis might get an erection. And all you've done is walked into a bakery and you're like, whoa, this feels so good. And you're like, what, what's going on? You see that a lot in, um, you know, I see it because you can see it in, um, teenagers with penises that you know there might be this like arousal that happens out of nowhere and, and there's sometimes there's confusion like how and why did I just get turned on by an apple pie for those of you who remember American pie but how and why um, it's not really relevant it's that it it's just that the body is having a response so what what happens is that when we cer see certain things we have a uh, our subjective arousal can be very different than our physical arousal. So if something we see, we might go, that turns me on, but our body doesn't have a response. Or we might see something and our body responds, but our brain's like, no, I don't think so. So there have been a lot of different um, researches done on this. And, and they would put, um, like I was saying, they would test for arousal with blood flow and different things. And, and then they would have people give their feedback on like, was watching bonobo monkeys a turn on for you? Like, you know, on a scale of zero to 10, how turned on are you by watching bonobo monkeys have sex? How turned on are you by watching a garbage man toss garbage? How turned on are you? Like, are you feeling desire at this point? Does it evoke pleasure in your body? And then the arousal part. So that's arousing your mind and your body, uh, your mind mostly, and then a connection into your body, but not necessarily that you're having a physiological response, right? So that doesn't mean that you're going to go, oh, wow, that was really like sexy. Have that guy, like, for example, my when I met my um, husband and he was doing construction on our house, one day he put up this wall and it was like five minutes and I was like, whoa, that is like so hot. Now, 
did I feel like I was uh, going to jump his bones at that point and be like, oh, I have to have you right now? No, but my body was completely aroused by the fact, and I joke about it, I was like, the erection of the wall was really something. And it really was. And remember it to this day, and it was like 12 years ago. So, <laughs> so it, was, it was great. And so your mind can get stimulated. That's the subjectiveness of watching certain things. And usually the subjective arousal has to do with watching things that are supposed to be sex, generally sex-related things. But oftentimes you can find that you're getting arousal from non-sexually related things, whether you know, you would, you, you might never think that watching bonobo monkeys would turn you on. Although in some of the research, it shows that, yeah, quite a few people have have physiological responses where they have more blood flow to their genitals and are having a physical arousal to watching bonobo monkeys have sex and they're not they're not connecting it in their brain so their brain is not going i'm turned on so this is where we get sexual this sexual uh confusion right and arousal non-concordance going on so what we want to do is we want to be able to look at arousal and really get that when somebody tells you that they're aroused, that they're not lying to you. And if they say they're ready for sex, then they're ready for sex. So if they say they're ready for sex and you're with a partner who has a penis and they say they're ready for sex, however, they might have ED, erectile dysfunction. So they're maybe not getting the strongest or hardest erection, so that's not working for them. You know, there have been medications and all kinds of things out there that will supplement this to assist you to have your feelings match your body's response. Now, that's one way to do it. I'm not a huge fan of uh, over-medication, you know, on any front, unless it's totally required. They do know that there are other ways around this. So for erectile dysfunction, there are there are several different things that can be done. I was recently watching a video about something that was like the equivalent of like purging the veins, uh, something like that. It was really interesting. <clears throat> and, you know, doing different things to be able to clear the clogs that might be stopping you from having an erection so there's there can be methods like that there can be you know taking medications um for it injections uh like penile injections for erection there are different stimulators there are pumps there are toys and they're actually like toys that you can use um where you can if you have a semi-hard erection you can put these elongators on that you're you put a penis into this elongation mechanism and it's kind of like a dildo but it's got a hole in the middle so then you can have more girth and more length so that can sometimes work um however for a lot of people with penises and they're having ed they they actually want to be able to use the penis and have it penetrate that's usually like the main target is from what i've ever heard is like no i want to use this and i want to use it and i want it to go in and i want it to go out and i want it to function and i'm like all right i don't have a I don't have a physical penis, so I don't really know what it feels like to not be able to do that. So 
So if that's something that's important to you, there are different mechanisms uh, in the body that you can strengthen to get that going. If you've had surgeries or if there's something um, that went on, maybe there was a tumor or something that happened. Um, if you had prostate cancer and your prostate was removed and then you ended up with ED as a result of surgery, that is a little bit of uh, a trickier situation, but there are methods to solve that. There are specialists actually people who work on the um the scar tissue to be able to alleviate scar tissue to get that everything back in functioning that's a whole other story and i've talked about aging penises and erectile dysfunction a lot so that also comes in um to the conversation though of arousal non-concordance where you feel turned on but your body's not responding and so there are ways to deal with that, absolutely. And one of the ways, too, that if you haven't had the surgery, you can do some of these exercises, which are strengthening exercises. And one of the methods, and since I have a Kleenex here, I'll just use it. If you are on video, you'll be able to watch this. So if we have on video, if you have um, ED and perhaps you're not having the strongest direction, so we'll just go with this visual. So I have a Kleenex over my hand, and, and maybe you're having an erection that's not very strong and the angle of the dangle is kind of low so if the angle of the dangle is low and you're kind of just having a tiny flex that goes about like that so from the visual it might just go like this like when you squeeze your pubococcygeal muscle and if you don't know what that means it's like when you go to go pee and you stop your pee that's squeezing your pubococcygeal muscle so you go to squeeze it and then you might get this little um bit of a, a flex going on Okay, so if you can have even a little bit of a flex, what you're going to do is strengthen. So it's like weightlifting. And we've talked about this before on like we actually I did an entire episode on weightlifting for vaginas and for penises. So so you got your weightlifting going on. So you can put a, a Kleenex on there and then you can lift and you do about 20 lifts in a day. Little exercise, getting that blood flow going. So you can just see there's like a little bit of a movement. And then over time, you can put a heavier weight on it, like a face cloth, then a, um, you can use other hand cloths. And maybe over time, you'll be able to strengthen that, strengthen and lengthen, because often what happens over time is there's, there is um, what appears to be shrinkage and what appears to be a change of the angle of the dangle. So an erection at the age of 90 may only come to here. But an erection at the age of 20 will be here. So the angle of the dangle changes quite a lot. And if if when you're fairly young, if you actually just keep that that um, exercise going where you have the the um, the flex happening, you can maintain um, and you can actually strengthen over time. So that's just a little tip tool for uh, penises who may have some arousal non-concordance where you feel turned on but your body's not showing it but then again you might have some other things going on and if there is pain where something's happening like a testicle is is um going in inward when that can sometimes happen if, if um if there are different there are different reasons for that but if there's pain during erection then that's something to look at go to the doctor go to your urologist and have that checked because there can be a variety of different reasons for that <clears throat> so if there's no pain though and your erection is something that you want to work on you can absolutely work on it is your erection normal yeah it probably is so whether you're having um a very low response or what you think is a low response like a low angle of the dangle or a very high angle of the dangle it's all cool. As long as you're healthy and as long as you're not in pain, we're all good.
All right, we're going to head to the next commercial break. You're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspire Choices Network, and we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Interested in masturbating for money, copulating for consciousness, and pleasuring on purpose? 21 Days of Sexual Magicism with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich is an exploration of tools, processes, and actions that you can use to create more for your life, your body, your money inflows, and so much more. Graduated learning for all levels of interest. Learn at your own pace via video classes or join the yearly live class. Take a peek at www.melitzayelenich.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email, info at melitzayelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, my sweet pleasure seekers. Today we are talking about pleasure, desire, arousal, and like, what? They're not the same? They're not. I know it's weird because people use those words so very interchangeably, and I may and I may be guilty of that too, but the truth is they're not the same. So we're getting down to the nitty-gritty on that. And pleasure, as we talked about before, is when your body is experiencing enjoyment, it could be sexual arousal of sorts. That's one of the definitions in the dictionary, but truly. As I've been doing this show for eight years, and the more I talk about pleasure, there are nuances to pleasure that do not even come close to just being filled by that one sentence. So what is pleasure to you? What brings you pleasure? And you might find that your work brings you pleasure. So during the whole day, you might feel highly like turned on all day long. 
And again, you might be turned on and your body is not showing sound signs of arousal. And you might be confused about that too, going like, I'm so turned on by work, by my work. Like, why is it that I don't have an erection? Isn't that weird? We probably don't think that, right? We probably are not going, I'm so turned on by my work. I should have an erection or I should be sitting around with like a wet vulva all day long because I'm so turned on by my work. Now there are moments I tell you that I am because my work is kind of sexy. <laughs> but, but in general, um, most people are not sitting there, uh, you know, looking at financial numbers or something and being like, "Woo, look at those percentages. That's so hot. I don't know. Maybe you are. It's hard to say. But I don't know that you're actually getting erections from numbers. Maybe you are. And I think that's cool because as a sapiosexual, brains turn me on and like brilliance turns me on. So when I see things that are really freaking smart, I do get quite turned on by them. Or if my husband says something brilliant, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm in. <laughs> when you're sapiosexual, having brilliance around you is like very stimulating. So like watching things that are like genius is fun too. And creative things and, and like things that are filled with ideas, fantasy and whatever is like so fun for my brain. <clears throat> Way more exciting to me than porn could ever be. That's a side note. And again, that's where we come into how we have subjective arousal compared to like a physical arousal. So subjective arousal are the things that kind of get you turned on. Get that pleasure rising. Get that desire drive going what is desire right we've we've i've mentioned it a few times what is it how do we define it well it's defined in the dictionary again we have a noun and a verb the verb of it is strongly to wish for or want something now want is a funny word because want as we know prior to 1946 the word want has like 26 meanings that mean lack so it does not actually mean what we think it means it does not necessarily mean that it's something that we would like to have it means that we like it totally means lack i and and if you listen to anything that is um oh like a, a christmas carol you hear the word one in there a few times as well when there's something else anyway i always hear the word and i'm like yep that's the real meaning of want not what we've been saying so a lot of words are funny. So what is the true word of desire? Now, desire, even when I break that word up and I look at it, um, the etymology of it, and I didn't look the etymology. I looked up in the dictionary of what how we see it nowadays. But the etymology of it would be having the word sire in it. So to have to sire something is to give birth to it. And then the D sire is to, um, depends on the word D in that case. But uh, etymologies of things are fascinating. So I will give a quick look into the etymology of desire because it's, I think I've talked about it on here before, but it is fast. Uh, all these words with etymologies are fascinating. So the etymology is from the Middle English um, and from the French désiré, uh, which is to long for or to feel the want of, again, missing, miss regret isn't that wild uh so we in these days have really done some numbers on words even words like commitment are interesting because to be committed means that you're going to jail really or you're going to the insane asylum um so 
we have some mixed up muddled up words, but we're going to go with how people these days are actually using these words because, you know, we've kind of been uh, brainwashed into these meanings. So we're going to work with these brainwashed meanings because that's how we're going to relate. <laughs> so desire, it's a little different than we thought it was, isn't it? However, um, the idea behind this is more about would you like to be with your partner? So desiring them is like, yes, you might feel a lack where you're like, if I have this person, it will fill this void. Um, so when you lack something, there's usually a void and you want to fill it. And so if you have a desire for somebody that you likely have a lack for them and you want to fill that. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> you know, you can fill the hole with whatever you like. And uh, yeah, have fun with that. So, well, I think I'm almost coming up to my next commercial break. I don't even know what happens. I just get on rants. And um, so when we're talking about arousal, arousal is such a fascinating topic because we we can be aroused and not even mean to be, right? You talk about, you know, you're like a 13-year-old body with a penis and you're walking around school and maybe there, you know, somebody takes their shirt off in the locker and you now have an erection and you're like, well, I didn't know I was turned on by those bodies. You may or may not be turned on by those bodies. Your body is having a response to those bodies. It could be the pheromones you're smelling. It could be the look you're seeing. It could be the fact that you just spent you know, time in gym with your shorts rubbing against your penis and the friction caused an erection. So I think, <clears throat> I think what happens is we often have these crazy responses in our bodies and we, we don't really know how to identify like, what, what is that for me? Like, am I really aroused? Oh, it's tricky. So are you really aroused? Only you know if you're really aroused. You can know if you're ready for having action or not. And I think that, you know, if if I had known, and as we were chatting with my producer in the chat room today, it was like, if I had known when I was like in my teens that having my vulva get wet was not necessarily a sign that I'm saying yes, would have been amazing to know. I'm really hoping that, people who are listening to this are getting the information that they need from it and they can pass it on to other people too, whether it's, you know, preteens, teens, everybody, let them know that just because your body is showing signs of arousal does not mean that you have agreed to any sort of um, action or touching or anything like that. And also just because your body might not show arousal doesn't mean that you're not also ready for that. So why would that happen? Why would arousal non-concordance happen? Why would you feel turned on, but your body's not responding? Well, a lot of times there's a lot of traumas that have occurred and your body is maybe in a totally different zone and it's not responding the way that you might think that you would like it to. So we talked a little bit about penises and how if there's ED going on, erectile dysfunction, and some of the things you can do for strengthening, lengthening, keeping it strong. And we also talked a bit about um, if there's surgery that happened, that that might actually have an impact. If there's different things that have occurred that have impacted the actual function of, of the, the penile and erectile uh, tissue, then that might have, have, an, uh, have an impact on it, right? So 
However, for bodies with vulvas that might be like, wait a second, I'm turned on, why am I not wet? And some people are like, it's because you're older and because your hormones and blah, 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 blah. No, um, you know, I'm like premenopausal. I'm wet a lot, but my work turns me on. And it's also my body has always been like that. So it's just the way my body is. And not everybody's body is like that. And that doesn't mean that they're not horny. And that doesn't mean that I'm 24 hours a day horny. It means that my body is responding to things. Yeah, so... I have uh, I have like an anatomy that would have my body rub on clothes all the time. So the fact that I'm like stimulated all the time is uh, pretty natural to me. Like when you have, I have, you know, I've talked about this before. I'm pretty frank about it. I have like larger labia. And so if if your labia is getting touched or stimulated when you're walking, that can be arousing. You know, some people have very small tucked away labia. All of it's fine. As long as you're not in pain, it's fine. If you have like a large clitoris, it might get stimulated by walking around too, just like uh, a penis might get stimulated by having underwear rub on it if you're doing exercises or something. So these things are these things happen. Pressure on pressure on the clitoris is going to create arousal. So if I'm wearing tight pants and there's pressure on the clitoris, and if I'm wearing pants in a way that's going to create pressure on the clitoris, guess what? There's going to possibly be some um, unintentional arousal that happens because there's pressure on the clitoris. That is a response in the body that sends a signal to the brain, tells your brain you you are preparing for something. That doesn't mean I'm going to hop in the sack that second because I'm like so turned on, I have to get, no, it just means my body is having a response. So we're going to talk a little bit more about this. I know this topic may sound a little bit confusing and a little intense. And if you've experienced any of these things and you're feeling relief, I am so grateful for that. If you've experienced these things and you're still a little confused and you would like to have some assistance, please connect with me through maliksajelenic.com, M-I-L-I-C-A-J-E-L-E-N-I-C.com. And you can connect and we can book a, um, a quick 15-minute session to see if I would work well for you as a coach. We can work through some things. If that method doesn't work for you, coaching method doesn't work for you, there are great um, different therapists out there. There's great information out there. I highly recommend that you get the Come As You Are book by Emily Nagoski. She's amazing and she has great worksheets that come with her work, with her book, and she has a workbook as well. So, um, oh, I don't get paid for uh, saying any of this about her. I just think her work is great. So, uh, so we're going to head to our commercial break. So you're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own Pleasure Zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melissa Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for the Pleasure Zone with Melissa every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is The Pleasure Zone 
with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email, info at MilicaYelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, my sweet, sweet pleasure seekers. So tonight, we are talking about, today, tonight, whenever you're logging in, we're talking about pleasure, desire, and arousal, and how they're not the same. We've talked about some of the definitions you find in the, um, in the dictionary, looked up one of the etymologies of desire. We found out that desire is not what we think it is. <laughs> so, but we are going to work with it in the terms that we're commonly working with it because this is how people relate to these words now. So before break, I talked a little bit about the arousal non-concordance and different things that we can um, be aware of, like your body may be responding whether you like it or not. You could be running around in gym shorts and there's stimulation to your um, you know, if you have a penis, you might be stimulating your penis. Do so you get some erection? If you're having a shower, even and having water, um, just you know, penetrating your your genitals while you're standing there in the shower, you could be in a public space, and people might think that you're aroused by them, but it's actually just the it's just a physiological response. You might be aroused by them as well. There might be pleasure and there might be desire. Chances are that it could just be arousal because there's water penetrating on your genitals and it's creating pressure and creating stimulation. So stimulating something is probably going to create some kind of response. And, and again, not always, because you could stimulate all you like, but the person is not feeling pleasure, not feeling desire, and you're stimulating. Your body might respond anyway, um, sometimes, sometimes not. So don't worry about that. Sometimes yes. And why I say that is because there are a number of cases in the world where people have been um, totally left scot-free for being rapists because they actually aroused bodies. And in one case, there was a story of a um, story. It's a case of a, a young woman who was uh, raped by a family member. And because she had her body had an orgasm they claimed that she enjoyed it yet she was a minor uh, as well on top of that and she said no on top of that and it was sexual violence and incest and everything else and the person got scot-free why because her body responded doesn't that just make you want to go out and slap some people <laughs> so freaking wrong yes that is just so wrong so alarming and i think this information is so important because we need to get really clear on what does it mean that your body is responding does not mean that you agreed to that it doesn't mean that you are ready willing or choosing like emily nagoski says you're not necessarily liking or wanting your body is just responding so your body responds our bodies respond to all kinds of stimuli. It's part of how we function. You know, you get cold, your body shivers. You have, uh, you put your hand on something hot, your body responds. Ooh, take your hand off. Bodies respond to stimuli 
Your body could have constant stimulation on a clitoris and you might think, and you might be like, well, I don't really, I'm not really enjoying this. I'm not into this. There's nothing fun about this. Yet your body's responding. And then somebody says, you must be really turned on. And you're like, but I'm not because I'm bored to tears and this is not my thing. Yet your body responds. And then somebody along the way tells you and trains you that that's turned on. I can't tell you how many times that's happened to me where I was told I was turned on when I wasn't. Or I said no. And the people kept going and my body responded. And I remember my body responding and I was like alarmed by my body responding. And I'm like, body, like, stop it. Stop responding. What the frig is this? It's freakish. It's really freakish experience. And to know that, you know, our body's not our enemy. It's just doing its job. It's just responding to stimuli. So you don't have to be the enemy of your body. Your body's not the enemy of you. You can actually get into sexual concordance. There may be a lot of healing that needs to take place. There may be traumas that need to be resolved in order to have the things that create pleasure, that create desire, that create arousal line up. And it's okay if they don't, because there may be stuff going on and you may have had traumas that don't have have them line up but the number one key thing to remember is that you need to have consent and that all parties involved need to be consenting and whether that's if you are verbal then it's convertible consent is great if you have other ways of giving consent like thumbs up then that's great if you have safe words make sure your safe words do not include the word no because they make no sense safe words are great to use even if you're just having vanilla sex so safe words like green for go yellow for slow down red for stop having some safe words in order to be able to create a safe environment a happy environment is really helpful so for those of you who have got this sexual non-concordance arousal non-concordance going on in your life and you're thinking holy smokes i can't believe i've experienced that how did my body do that my body is amazing um and there are times where your body may truly have been like extremely turned on and it didn't show and then you know your partner's like well you're not really like responding but you're like but i'm really turned on you're okay there's nothing wrong with you and i think a lot of times people just want to know that they are okay not just normal, because normal is not fun, but as long as you're not in pain, and as long as there is consent between people who are of age of consent, who understand what they're consenting to, we're good. It's all good under the hood. So if your body is saying yes, and you're saying no, listen to your no. If your body is saying no, but your mind is saying yes, and your body's like, um, I don't know, why am I not wet? Why am I not erect? There are methods that you can use to get your body to kind of line up. There's always lube, right? Get some lube. Lube's fun for all kinds of things. Lube it up. See what happens. That's my last bit of advice for you. Thank you for listening to The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. The Pleasure Zone returns next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by choosing to be turned on and tuned in to your body.